Welcome back to the Cockerball Podcast, a weekly look at all things Spurs and the time it takes you to walk from Seven Sisters to White Hart Lane. I'm Tom, aka Ben, insulating your homes with all things Spurs. And with me tonight is a man who's glued himself across the tunnel at White Hart Lane just to stop Harry Winks from getting on the pitch. It's Ash. <laughs> Good evening, Ben. How you doing? I'm all right. Thank you. Uh, and alongside him today uh, is a man who spent the day chained around the gates to a Greg's distribution centre just to stop the spread of gluten. It's Jim. <laughs> Dick. Evening. You all right? <laughs> no, I'm not. Sorry. Yeah, satire. Deal with it. How you doing, boys? I ain't been here for weeks. And in that time I've been away, Spurs have been largely awful. And I think that that is a direct correlation. <laughs> well, we've kept it ticking over. Yeah, normally people say I make things difficult, so I'll take that. Uh, I sort of noticed that Jules had his uh, inaugural go at hosting a podcast. What did you think of him? You can be honest now because he's uh, he's not here. <laughs> I know you are going to publish this on the internet, but he's not here. We we did a running total before of how many people, how many episodes each of us have um, have presented, and Jules has presented two, I think. Um, mm. And. That's maybe not a bad thing. <laughs> well, listen, he, uh, he oh, epitomises the saying that God loves a loves God loves a trier, doesn't he? He gave it a good go. Yeah, we could have given a bit, it a better like, go it up tonight. Yeah, it's a bit like when you see a pug try and get it off with a Great Dane. <laughs> have you ever seen a pug get it off with a Great Dane? I've seen it try. <laughs> hmm. Um, Slovenia, they've got dogs and <laughs> on Thursday we had to play a Slovenian team and uh, you kind of covered who they are quite well last week, Jim, I always look forward to that um, I had never ever heard of them and for my sins I decided to go to the game on a whim, on the day, I thought fuck it there's going to be no one there there's plenty of tickets available £25 a go and all I wanted to see was they only had 20 blokes, roughly, as fans, in a massive away section for 300 people. All I wanted to see was them 20 blokes go mental if they scored. And I was in a bar. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the danger of scoring early in the second half. You're probably halfway through a neck oil. What a fucking guy it was, though, to be fair. I mean, what is it with like these European clubs coming to us and scoring absolute bangers? I don't think... Our keepers seem more stunners than cameramen when Sweden are playing. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Just know you've been waiting for like five days. <laughs> I've got it written set. down in my little book. <laughs> <laughs> what was? What, what did you think of the game, Tom? Because uh, it must have been pretty difficult watching. Just in in terms of like no atmosphere, you were just waiting for something to happen. It all happened at once, and then nothing. I yeah, I'm watching. How... Um... For all mankind at the moment on Apple TV. <laughs> Fairly good drama about an alternative future, alternative reality of the, the, the lunar landings and the sort of the race for the moon and that. And you can see where I'm going with this. It, there are episodes where you're on the moon, there's very little atmosphere uh, and there's only little segments of action in hour long episodes. And <laughs> that was essentially what happened on Thursday. And it's a good series. You should watch it. You shouldn't have watched Mura, um, because it was... I, just, I don't know, I find these games really boring, because they're so routine. We just mm. turn up. We know we're so much better than these teams. And like, I'll give Mura credit. They try to actually play football rather than 
sort of shuffle from side to side and occasionally hit it to the big lad up top. You can see that they actually qualified for the tournament on merit. I will give them that, considering I had never heard of them. <laughs> that said, for a lot of that game, I spent more time people watching than probably watching the game. Is that is that bad? Does that make you bad? I don't know. It depends on well, what you saw, really. <laughs> I saw some slightly worrying activity literally sat in front of me. Um, if you're listening from the Metropolitan Police, there, there, there was uh, a woman in front of me who appeared to be texting lots of people and then sending conversations and arranging for those people to meet other individuals in perhaps slightly concerning circumstances. I'll put it that way. You know he's saying well, about was it boring contest. It doesn't help, does it, when you get a penalty after four minutes and that's like game yeah. over. Well, it might not have even made it to the fourth minute, yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> Do you think it would be inappropriate to call it the Mur murder? Would that be... A bit low. <laughs> we'll have no more of that. <laughs> How long have you been? Have you I've got, got that to... joke lined up in your little black I've book got as well? Everything written down. It's actually my little Tottenham book. I'm well happy with this. <laughs> yeah. You're just scribbling over like old autographs you've picked up for the years, like Pascal Chimondo. No, bollocks to that. I'm going to write a joke about Mora. Okay, let's yeah, look at it the other way, uh, as in by actually looking at the game. <laughs> it did get incredibly boring particularly after the second minute I see what you're saying Jim but I think the second goal you think right that's eight minutes now um, he, the Chelsea has just skied it into the net it was a fantastic finish um, we sort of started to see the best of the Chelsea uh, but it's quite hard to judge it's quite hard to judge any of the players really because the level of the opposition isn't, isn't fantastic Let, let's be brutally honest here but I don't know I liked what I saw from the Chelsea Asterix, despite the opposition. Um, did, you know, should we be seeing more of him, more of him in the big games? But I think the biggest question for me is what position do we put him in? I mean, I have one profound point to make, and you just made it. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like, where do you put him next? Ash. <laughs> <laughs> he's a ten, isn't he? He's got, he's got to be in the ten. He had the uh, the freedom against Mura where it's oh you can get away playing him on the right because you're going to have so much of the ball and you're going to be so high up and so he could just float and do what he wanted which is what what he does really well but he's he's just a really effective number 10 when we play him in that in that position and i mean i've I've mentioned it before about the way he sort of connects plays and help us progress forward but he also showed his excellent vision and and his movement off the ball yeah you know yeah it wasn't a great team we were playing they were pretty, pretty poor, but you can only ask him to do well up against who he's playing, and you can't really argue or, or be disappointed with the way he played. There was also a period, wasn't there, in um, maybe about 12 months ago, where I was talking about him playing quite well and whether we were starting to see the best of him. And then, obviously, like the hellfire happened and uh, Spurs went to shit again. Um, it was around November, actually, wasn't it? Because it was when you're briefly top of the league. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether he can sustain it um, and form becomes something a little bit more than a few decent games and whether he can get a run in the side or whether it's just another kind of bit of a purple patch and then he goes back to maybe not being his best again. I guess we'll see. Um, well, how much was it his his improved performance and how much was it that forwards actually making some runs ahead of him? 
Yeah. Because that's not something we've spoken about it before. There's a lot. There's a cry out at the moment about our need for creative players. And I think we saw it get, we'll come to Aston Villa, but we saw with Endembele playing in the term that we've, we've got creative players. We've got two very creative players. What we haven't had is an effective attacking um, patterns of play or, or any mm. movement. It was, we should spend so long just relying on Harry Kane and Son to do something magic. And I mean, they still can, but what we need is a plan to progress the ball forward. And that's what, that's that's what we've got now, and that's what that's the positives we've seen after such a fucking embarrassing performance against <laughs> Arsenal, where there was absolutely nothing. Um, it, was, it was just nice to see some movement. I think that's what makes all the difference. Mm. I want to talk about Doherty though, because he was he was shit again. <laughs> he was he was playing a bad team. How can you be that bad against a team no one's ever heard of? I mean. He sounds like a like a lovely bloke. I know I'm more than happy to take him to a pint for a pint or I don't know around the golf. But it take us ages to get round because he's slower than a fucking turtle on spice. I mean, Jim, you're a nice bloke. Do you want to go right back? <laughs> I'd probably be as effective, to be fair. <laughs> I get no arguments from me. Yeah, I mean, is he the worst? Number two, to person to wear the number two shirt in in our memories. I mean, I I'd say so. I mean, I was offended when Clint Dempsey got a number two shirt, but purely because a striker <laughs> should never have the number two shirt. But I liked Clint Dempsey. Apart from that, I can't really think of anyone else who's offended me as much uh, as a player. Dan Maybe number two. Yeah, but I enjoyed Hutton. He was he had his own limitations, and he knew that, so he played his game accordingly. I can't think of any worse. He's just... The reason we bought him was because he was getting in the box and being effective going forward for Wolves. And he can't do that. And he can't defend either. What is he he there for? I don't know what he brings. What about Stephen Carr? I love Stephen Carr. I loved him. How dare dare you? Just just turn up late in the box. At least he got in the box. He's got some fantastic goals over the years. I love watching him play. I wonder what he's up to these days. Hmm. Do you know you got football contacts, Jim, being one of those people who write news? Yeah. People get in touch with him. Get him on. <laughs> yeah. Get him on RTV News at six. Breaking news. I'm at the Stephen pod. Carr, oh, right. <laughs> I assume he's just somewhere with Paul Robinson. They, That's the place play? I'd like to be, was, to be fair. Was that Stephen Carr a bit too soon for Paul Robinson? Uh, was it, were we talking more kind of, of a Casey Keller era, aren't we? I feel like Carr was around forever. Yeah, was, I feel like there hasn't been a time without Stephen Carr. In fact, I prefer him over Doherty, as in Stephen Carr right now. Against Doherty, <laughs> no, right now, he'd still be he was, was he at the um, the Legends game when the stadium was opening? Was he there? I remember a right back know. putting in a decent performance. <laughs> it might have no. been him. But... It could have been Pascal Chimbonda. Uh, it probably was. He was so playing centre-half, actually, if I remember correctly. Right yeah, we'll, we'll bring him back. I mean, someone else who we expect more from more so than Doherty, is probably uh, Dele, who, I mean, he was he was pulled off at half-time against Arsenal, who were, sub kicking at the back, uh, <laughs> and he was pulled off pretty early in this game, I thought. I thought he needed the minutes, to be honest, and he didn't get as much of a run-out as I thought he'd get, and in the run-out against a pretty poor opposition, obviously he took the penalty well, but... I don't really know what else he did, particularly that was groundbreaking. And I feel like he should have shone in this game, and he didn't. That's kind of just him all over for the last... Three years. Three years, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think I've got to this... I've been one of his biggest fans and defenders and whatever you want to 
call it. But I'm getting to the point now where I'm starting to see that I just don't think we're going to get the same Delhi back. I'm not saying that he hasn't got it in him. I think he needs to go away for his career and reset and restart and maybe maybe he might get the best out of himself again. But it's, for whatever reason, it's just not happening in the current environment. And like you said, against that opposition, he should have been providing more, but he was sloppy and he he was trying some passes that, you know, some defence cutting passes, but they just never came off. So... I just don't know what he's what he's what he can bring at the moment. Is he a uh, a Jack Wilshire without the injuries excuse? Oh, zing! Adult Tarrapt. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell the non-resident Spurs fan has just turned up and gone. I'm just going to draw this little <laughs> Wilshire grenade here, and I'm off. <laughs> That's huge. That's huge. What Make a horrible shout! No, no, Jack. Do you know what? You've offended me. No, don't like it. Stop. No. You've been cancelled. <laughs> don't like it because it's not true, or don't like it because it might be, and you don't like that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so let's look at our three number tens. Let's move us on as quickly as possible from the old Wilshire conundrum. Never ever revisit this again. So Delhi, he's trying to he's trying to buy those piercing passes like a ten, even though he's been playing more in a sort of in the midfield, uh, in a more of a sort of eight position for for Nuno up in the league so far. Obviously, we've got three players who can essentially play at 10, and Dombele played on Sunday, the Chelsea and Delhi. Delhi's third in that list, surely. Is that? Yeah. That's worrying. Yeah. 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 Like I said, that's why I think he needs to, he needs to move on for his own career. On Dombele and the Chelsea have shown us over, you know, admittedly over sort of spurts even in, in their Spurs career, but they are more than capable of being excellent players in those positions whereas Delhi, it's just been too too long now where he's just maybe flat to deceive is a bit harsh but he just hasn't put in the level of performances that we need and um i'm, I'm more than happy with endon belly and the chelsea in those positions my biggest problem has been that our last two oh, managers don't like attacking yeah mm. no I, I agree i'm just being a bit no <laughs> your creative players are always going to suffer in that environment I'll give you that but here's, here's another conundrum bringing it back to Lachelso quickly we've kind of talked about him before it's it's too extreme to compare him to Modric but I'm going to do so anyway because we f- we feel like he can't do the job in a sort of deeper position as an eight moving the ball up and down to allow for another number 10 to play ahead of him such as Ndombele because he's I know I don't like to use the word diminutive I'm going to do it anyway. Um, you know, is he going to offer the same level of physicality that that Hoybier could? Uh, and therefore, would we potentially lose out? And I think the Chelsea looked very good against Moro because it was a high possession game for us. He suits those sorts of games. He likes to be on the ball. He likes to move the ball up and across and around the pitch. He's a fantastic passer. But when we're up, at, you know, against the Kosh, against the team, we were going to come out as a bit like Villa did. Um, I can see why you'd pick Ndombele over the Chelsea. Is that fair? Yeah, Ndombele's greatest attribute is beating the press and progressing the ball forward with the ball at his feet. The Chelsea wants to be playing in those uh, the, those cutting passes like we would have seen more from from Ericsson. Whereas, so so yeah, so he's, it's not he wouldn't be as great in in those games, and it's always horses for courses in this 
uh, in football. And we've suffered for far too long of having a strong 11 and not being able to rotate. Like Even when we had Ericsson, he was the only player we could play that in that role. We, we were all crying out for another creative midfielder then. And to have two options and for them to not be... Uh, a shitter version of each other <laughs> is <laughs> is nice. Uh, fair enough. I couldn't actually. I was meant to go to the Villa game, um, so unfortunately I couldn't make it. Also, the one per- person who did go is Jules, who's not here today, and it's the first time we went to the stadium. So I did actually want to get his uh, his feel on his first visit to the ground because uh, I think my first visit to the ground was potentially the City game in the Champions League, and I was just in awe of it. I just wanted to see if he. He felt the same. It's quite um, sweet, said, actually, wasn't it? He was like, you could tell he was like a kid in a sweet shop. Yeah, he was exactly. just getting photos. Yeah, like, oh, this place. <laughs> he was a proper tourist. He was everything I hate about the ground, which isn't the infrastructure. Normally, it's just the people. Yeah. His tail was definitely wagging. Yes, definitely. He, he would be drooling everywhere like a very happy <laughs> golden retriever that he is. Uh, but I sent my mum instead, uh, which is lovely. Uh, charged her for it though. I'm not Bill Gates. But <laughs> she, she said she enjoyed it. Uh, she enjoyed the people that I, that I sit with, um, and she was very pleased that she could use the lift to get up to the fifth floor. <laughs> and she said she had a, a pretty good day because her hip didn't give her too much chip. Um, but in fairness, by the looks of it, the, the result was pretty good as well, Ash. And there was a change of system, uh, despite the change of personnel and the fans that we normally send as a podcast to to, to the game. Uh, we don't get press tickets and no one cares about us. But we saw the, the infamous return of the the four two three one or if that if that's correct, that that's my reading of it anyway. Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> the Christmas pudding. <laughs> I think Not it wasn't Mike Bassett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we've gone back to what we know, um, back to the future, so to speak. Is is this is this good? I don't think anyone's happier than you, Tom Arde. You've been crying you've been moaning about the 4 free fee for a very long time. Yeah, and then Pretty much as came in. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I thought, oh, God, maybe maybe it's me. Maybe I'm stupid. But no, it mm. just turns out we were lucky. We were the least creative team in the league. And you know what? Yeah, I'm going to back myself. We needed 4-2-3-1. We got 4-2-3-1. And we won 2-1. Go on, Nuno. Take that. Take notes. I'm, I'm just happy that it didn't take too long for him to change it. Like we've, we've got a history at Tottenham of having the most stubborn managers who just pick a system <laughs> and stick with it. But, you know, there, there was a lot being made out of the, that steal that came from the Arsenal game with Davinson Sanchez on the ball and no Tottenham midfielder in sight. So well, it, was, it was quite clear what we needed. And having that shield in front of... Um, in front of our defence, just allowed our fullbacks to get further forward. It gave Ndombele a freedom. And to be fair to him, he was working hard on defence as well. It was, yeah, it's everything that we needed. And I think I think we were helped out a little bit by Aston Villa's tactics. I think Dean Smith got it wrong. If you're playing against Tottenham, you want you want fullbacks and wingers because you need to keep Son and Mora back. You don't want to just let them stay forward. But it was clear that it's the way forward for us. We need that stability and that... That, uh, that comfort in midfield. Yeah, that extra bit of protection is 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 kind of the key, isn't it? It goes back to what we were talking about last week, which, uh, Fan, I don't know if you actually listen to this pod or not. Uh, Who does? But... <laughs> I do, and I disagree with everything you said about the Arsenal game. You personally, this is personal. Is <laughs> still about Jack Wilshere? <laughs> I disagree um, with everything you say, period. The... 
the problem with having three lines is you've you've got to get it right, um, and you've got to press as a team, and you've got to stand off as a team. That didn't happen in North London derby. The extra layer of a protection, the fourth line, helps with that. But I only the only thing I would say is it it was better, but I still felt Spurs were a little bit exposed defensively at times against Villa, even with the changing formation, which is not necessarily something to be, to worry about. But I don't necessarily think either it's a case of a corner turned, if that makes sense. It's not turned. We're we're mid corner. I think mm. I think that's fair to say. I mean. I haven't really talked about it from the Mora game, but Rodon and Romero played, and I was really impressed by them. And it's but it's hard to say how impressed you should be against that level of opposition. Romero obviously impressed so much that he started against Villa, and he still looks pretty good in my opinion. And I think he can only get better the more and more he plays. He's a great physical player. Uh, he definitely fits into to this league because it's the most physical league in the world. Uh, it's not farmers league like wherever he's come from. Um, that's just the one you are passionate. <laughs> fucking worked, you prick. <laughs> Good. But uh, I did I did think maybe for the, looking at the Villa goal in particular, um, perhaps he rushed out a bit too far. He was a little bit too aggressive, got drawn into a challenge, actually committed a foul. Um, and by virtue of that, advantage was played and he was well out of position. And mm. that, that ball that they put into the box gets blocked for it won. Romero is actually in a position he, he would meant to have been in. A B, if Dyer actually didn't <laughs> let... Yeah, I did it deliberately. Dyer, we've, we've talked about this a lot before in other podcasts. We keep coming back to it, but he has a habit of letting balls go past him when he's trying to mark the near post. I don't know why he does it. I feel I like know. he could have he could have got across, he could have positioned himself slightly better. Uh, I want to give done a bit more to get in the way. I want to give Watkins the credit for that one. It's a, it was a good movement for him. It was a great ball, and it's so hard as a defender to to judge how you know where that ball's going to go and how to get there. It's coming across so quick, and Watkins sort of just appeared just from over his shoulder, just out of sight, mm. and just got there first. And to be fair, we're, we're never expecting Dyer to win a foot race against Watkins anyway, are we? And um, yeah, playing against obviously Romero's performance, and I think Dyer and the whole played. They both played really well. When you're not going to get too many sterner tests and Ings and and Watkins, but you, you mentioned Jim about creating a load of chances, and that sort of reminds me of Dean Smith saying that he thought the uh, the difference between the two teams was Son, which Son was great. Like we'll talk about that in a minute. Son was fantastic, but. I don't think it's fair to just say that Son was a difference. I mean, we had 56% of possession, uh, so they had 44. We had eight shots on target to their three. We created three big chances. They created one. So as as much as they uh, they sort of maybe put a little bit of pressure on us, I don't remember Hugo Lloris having to make a fantastic save. So, you know, I, I, I think on the whole, we've got to be happy with that performance. And yeah, like you said, there's still, you, you want to see more of this going forward and it's got to be more than against Mura and in one Premier League game. It needs to be consistent, but we've got to be happy with that. We've, we've you know, yeah. that's, that's certainly lifted my spirits. It's a start. It's a start. But just going back to Son, uh, he was very good. Mm. Um, and he just seems to sort of, he's like one of those spark players, isn't he? When he's on his game, he just seems to elevate everybody else. I don't know whether it just gives everybody a bit of a mental lift. Um, obviously, he's a creative outlet as well, so he he brings other players into the game very effectively. And 
uh, and find space really well, which obviously helps other players to to play their best game as well. But it's um, after sort of a, a pretty turgid last season, I think it's fair to say. Uh, it certainly wasn't at his best for a lot of last season. Um, he it's was. Good. <laughs> well, no, he exactly. I mean, stats-wise, he was, but yeah, you from a from a team point of view, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um, that makes sense. That little bit of kind of... I remember going to New Malden a couple of years ago um, before the last Asian Games, uh, the last Asian Cup, and um, speaking to some of the South Korean community in New Malden, um, I think it's the highest, highest concentration in the country, I think. Um, and there was a, lo- a load of kids, British kids, British British Korean kids that were saying, like, you know, he's kind of inspires them in a way that um but nobody else does partly because he's korean but also partly just because he's this kind of likable guy that's that's technically good and is that sort of player that kids aspire to be um and it's it's good i think to see him getting back to the the top of his game and being a you know just kind of that's what you want to see isn't it you want to see players being the best they can be rather than sort of being in a bit of a rut so but we're still struggling to get stage and uh, naming, so maybe we just call it the humans on stage because he lights it up whenever he's there. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, more than happy for that to happen, but I think you're right, Jim. And I think I didn't get to stick my two pence in uh, for the North London derby, which I'm quite glad because I would have shouted and called for a manager <laughs> to go. Um, I was really, 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 really upset, and I think it was I was most upset because of the application. Yeah. Uh, and you look at the way Sun played against Villa. And he's just, he's trying to run as, as hard as he can. He's always looking to, to, to be creative, to be as dangerous as possible. And he's giving 100%. And no one did that against Arsenal. But by having a player who can lead like that, you're right, it does elevate people. It looks like everyone was on their game. Uh, and it looks like we're settling more on a formation uh, and also settling on more of a, a strongest 11 as well. One of the players to come into that 11 uh, was Emerson I'm always interested to see how he goes? Also, Tanganga wasn't in the squad. Did I miss something there? Because he picked up a knock. I think Peter Drury was saying that he had a knock from yeah, my totally legitimate stream. <laughs> I was going to say Peter Drury and Sky. <laughs> Classic. I mean, this is something I probably would have said in the Arsenal game. It's quite controversial because everyone loves him because he's our boy. I don't think Tanganga's as good as we, we want him to be. Uh, he's certainly not a right back. Uh, and he's still very raw when it comes to central defending. Uh, so he's either got a lot of potential or I'm going to put him in that bracket of not quite good enough because we, Harry Kane come for him, we all lost our shit. We just presumed we had <laughs> the best academy in the world because we created one of the best players in the world. No, no, we just got one good egg. Uh, and it doesn't mean that, that Marcus Edwards is the next Lionel Messi because no one knows where he is now. And everyone hates Harry Winks. <laughs> Speaking of the uh, the U system, what do you think of uh, of Skip? Yeah, he's right. He's <laughs> a bit overrated. Now that said, I think he's he is a different player to Winks. I heard someone on the station um, talking about a game. He's clearly a Spurs fan because he's called Delia Dickhead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he went on to say that uh, he thinks uh, Skip and Winks are essentially the same person. Uh, and at that point, I nearly. I considered throwing him in front of the, the oncoming train. Um, 
definitely not the same person. They're very different players. But I think Skip just gets it. He's in that sort of position as well. We can get away with having passion, which we love in football, because he can throw himself about a lot. And it says a lot that he was the only one booked against Arsenal. I, I want with... to get booked against Arsenal. <laughs> with Skip in this game, he was he was booked in the 35th minute and went on to still play a pivotal part of the side, you know, buzzing about and getting into tackles. I mean, and he's only just turned 21 like a couple of weeks ago. When I was 21, I couldn't even be reliably um, relied on to cook a bloody egg without starting a pan fire. So you've got to give it to him. That was quite, quite the performance. Yeah. the last thing I wanted to say about the Aston Villa game was I don't care what the soulless dementals in the bloody deepest goals panel say that second goal was Lucas Moore's whether he touched it or not I don't care Matthew Target doesn't want it it would have hit Moore and gone in anyway I'm giving it to Lucas I I didn't know because I didn't I didn't watch it live so I didn't or you know I didn't know that it was it was that it ended up going to Target and when I watched it, the first thing I thought was, that's an own goal. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched it back and it was like, oh, maybe not. And then I watched it again and I was like, actually, no, it is. I mean, it's one of those where it, you could give it to Mora, really, because he would have got there, is mm. the thing. But I think the rule for deciding whether it's an own goal or not is whether it's definitely going in if the player that scores the own goal hadn't made contact. Um, yeah, the Suns cross the cross the box wasn't going in. So mm. if Target was on Target, then Target gets the goal. But if you're if you're more in that position, are you are you pushing the club game? Where's me go? I want a goal bonus for that. I still think that. <laughs> you reckon you do that? I would have had it. I would have had it. <laughs> yeah. Here's one. Do you get a goal bonus for an own goal? You just have to pay what you usually get. <laughs> Yeah, you probably, yeah, yeah, you have to reimburse <laughs> the club for what your goal bonus is. So Reggion's last year against Aston Villa, surely that would have been a hefty power because that was quite the own goal. Yeah, I always feel like if you score an own goal, you want it to be a spectacular one. Yeah, you want it to be top bins. You got yeah. it if it sort of dribbles in, like <laughs> that did. You want to absolutely hammer it. <laughs> that was pretty good. Well. Jules's pessimism didn't pay off anyway, so that's nice. That uh, is nice. Yeah. And he went to his first game and they won, and that that's nice. And he's gonna cl- he'll claim that, won't he? Do you reckon he didn't show up just so we couldn't like take the piss out of him for being so wrong? I mean, in the first podcast where we talked about our Premier League position uh, predictions, I think we all agreed that Palace would be shite. <laughs> And the more and more I watch Palace, the more and more I want to not bring that up as a topic. <laughs> it's the not one because I hate Patrick Vieira, but two, because they're actually all right. Yeah, they are all right. It's, an, it's quite annoying. Um, although I'm, all, I'm quite glad that Norwich and um, Burnley are so far delivering on being shy. So that's, <laughs> um, Also, honourable mention for Watford bringing Claudio Ranieri back, for which they deserve to win the title. Because that's great, right, because it's so pure. Um, so good on them. It'd be a big Still sense of point. irony that Danny Rose would leave Spurs and then go to Watford and win the league. Imagine that. <laughs> you know what? He deserves it. <laughs> yeah. Let Danny Rose have Milan, Give him the Don't word. care. Get me to Vicarage Road, mate. Love Elton John. 
you know, you were talking about the Moura game being like being boring. There's an international break coming up, which is going to be insufferable because, well, certainly from an England point of view, because we're playing, I don't know who else we're playing, but the first game is Andorra. What's the point? Um, <laughs> and then when the Premier League is back, Spurs' first game back after the break is at St. James' Park. And I can't think of a game that's more soul-destroyingly depressing than Steve Bruce's Newcastle against Nuno Spurs. Hey, we're a new team now. You think that game is? You know when you put two magnets to get like two magnets with the same. Let me get this right. So the the like the two positives together or the two negatives together, and they just repel each other. Mm. You think that game's going to be the same, where like the the middle third of the pitch will just be empty, <laughs> <laughs> basically be two teams playing volleyball, <laughs> sitting as deep as possible, trying not to score. Possibly. The commentators are going to have to try really hard to get any sort of enthusiasm out of that game, aren't they? It'll be like trying to milk a bull. <laughs> it's book. on a Sunday as well, so Sky are going to have to market it as Super, market it as super Sunday. Christ. It is the 17th <laughs> as well. I looked at a fixture list. That is 13 days away. I can't be dealing with that. I mean, as much as I need a break from Tottenham Hotspur and Furnace, I also absolutely love it. It's, it is the junkies paradox. So, I don't know. I just hate that we talk about it every week. Um, that oh, Every time that there's an international break, we hate it. We absolutely hate it. And it we makes it fun for us. Yeah. Because on an international break, we have to cobble together some Tottenham-related content. And it's really hard. Um, um, so we're, we, we, well, we're not going to predict the Newcastle game. We're going to save that for the next one. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, it's Andorra and then Hungary at Wembley. Oh, feisty. That could be tasty, couldn't it? Yeah, it could be tasty. Who have Italy got, Ash? No fucking idea. I know we've got the uh, European Cup in there on display. Uh, How does that feel? Uh, I mean that's I mean it's nice for you. You 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 won the um you won the European Championship. Don't know about you, Fan, I'm over that now. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't know what don't know what about that, mate. Completely I was, I was, deleted from my mind. I was actually genuinely thinking about it the other day because somebody I, I was I watched it in a hotel in central Manchester and the same hotel came up came up in another conversation the other day. And I was like, Oh yeah. That was a thing. The Euro final. That was nice. Yeah. I think it's because the weather. I thought about this the other day as well. The weather in August was so bad through British <laughs> summer, and I thought, well, have I lost my summer here? Because it feels like we just the weather's been mediocre for ages. And I thought, oh, no, actually June, July, the weather was pretty good, and there was something else going on at the time, which I seemed to really enjoy at the time. Uh, uh, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, bringing it up at any given over. opportunity. Yeah, this is why we edit you out. Anyway, there was a there was a slight theme, obviously, to the, to the opening of this part because we're hashtag satirical, and obviously we've got the international break, so we can't really prepare for for the fixtures that are coming up and try and cover that. Normally, we've got two fixtures a week, and we've got a kind of preview an obscure European team which Jim has to painstakingly go and research, and then we predict by how many goals we'll lose to against uh, someone like Watford. Um, so I've had to scrape the bottom of the barrel of my quiz-making skills. You may have particularly enjoyed my motorway services or obscure football league ground game, you may recall. I remember that being a big hit, big hit with uh, 
well, absolutely nobody. So what I've done, because we're so topical and on the point, I've created a quiz that will you two can work together here. Now, nice. really combine your skills, because Jim, <laughs> you write the news, and Ash, your quiz is fuck. Yeah. So between you, you should get this. So what I have is a list of junctions that have been blocked by Interlake Britain. That's where Jim's traps come in. Now, what I wanted to do was use the junction numbers uh, as shirt numbers, and I'll give you a shirt number, Ash, and you tell me which player it was. And I was going to find a relevant year. Interlake Britain formed in 2021. That makes it <laughs> a little bit too easy. They're obviously a spin-off of Extinction Rebellion from 2018. Again, too easy. So I decided to, to go back to the last time that I was probably truly happy which is 05, 06, the, the good old Martin Yole years. So, okay. Jim, I'm going to give you a motorway. You're going to try and give me a junction that Intellect Britain have blocked at Aaron Ash, or between the two of you, mm. once you've worked out what junction number it is, you've got to tell me who wore that shirt in 05, 06. It's nice. cutting edge on the pulse. <laughs> nice. Okay, Jim, we're going to start with... The M11. Was uh, it? It was the M25 junction, wasn't it? Was it junction four? I'm I pretty sure it was the one by you at Birchhanger. Nah. Are you junction eight? Eight. Okay, yeah, junction yeah, yeah. eight. So number eight in 0506. Parker. Yeah. No, it's too 05, late. 0506, bro. Who did we have in 0506? Uh, Genus. You're still close, too... but you're not right. Close. Who proceeds? Danny Murphy. To... Correct. <laughs> Fantastic. It was Danny Murphy. You're supposed to be poised as fuck here. This, I'll do this the other way around. Right, Ash, since you <laughs> seem to be an expert in motorway junctions blocked by Interlake Britain, they blocked the junction on the M1. Give us one. 12. No, five. They blocked <laughs> junction five, all right? Who had the number five set in 056? Chorluca. Chorluca, 056, man. I don't Stop fucking it. know. Get your head out of that. Red oh, it was like eleven, era. man. <laughs> I can't, I can't not think about the Redknapp era. Who came before here? Because it was bad, wasn't it? This is the Martin Yole era, and everyone at Spurs. This is the first glimpse of happiness we've had at Spurs for about twenty years. He's a, he's an, a bit of a cult hero. He wasn't there for long. Fantastic player, mate. I don't know. I have no idea. Give you a one-word two. Goggles. Go on. Edgar David. Oh, Edgar David. <laughs> was he number five? Yeah, man. Fucking hell. He was one of those. Ultimate legends that wore number five, like Vertonghen and David Bentley. Uh, anyway, <laughs> M3. They blocked a junction on the M3, Jim. What was it? Seven. No, junction one, you fool. Who had the number one shirt in 056? Robbo, surely. Yeah, Paul Robinson. Mentioned him earlier. Right, now we're going to go through the M25. Got quite a few junctions here. They've been oh. very naughty boys, them interlake Britons. Contempt of court, <laughs> not scared, mate. Give us a junction. Go on. 18. 18. Oh, it's not on my list. I'm not saying they didn't block it. It just... <laughs> it's just going from what's on the list. They might be there right now as we speak. Um, six. Did you say six, Jim? Did say six, yeah. Correct. Who had the number six shirt at 056? Not a Scooby. Uh, Timo Tanio. Correct. Is his son still in the academy? Uh, no, he left a couple of years back. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah. Boo, that's not fun. Right, <laughs> give us another junction. Timu being like John in, in Finnish. <laughs> oh. What Finn's called Timu? 
<laughs> I have a sample size of two. <laughs> <laughs> you only know two pins. <laughs> 21. Oh, it's good, Mr. Sister's not on the list. Um, I'm just going to give you the numbers at random now because you're hurting my skull. Um, 20. This is an easy one. Who had the 20 shirt in 5-6? Dawson. Correct. God. Here's a, here's another cult hero. Junction 30 was also blocked by Interlake Britain. It was the number 30 shirt. 30. Jesus. Outside the squad numbers, basically. Yeah, he had it for a while. He was an English centre-back. There were people shouting at their Spotify's going, how have you not got this? It's the number 30 shirt for years. You're supposed to be poised as fuck. Hint. How do I give you a hint from this? Christ. Um, I can't. I can't. You, you've upset if me. If you can't give Anthony. us a hint. <laughs> I, I can't think of a clue that... Who is it? Just does, it's Anthony Gardner, but how am I going to think how of a clue that... How he existed, to be honest. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> yeah. He was just there. Yeah. He, he was just always there. <laughs> he didn't do anything. He was just there. Uh, all right, I'll give you an easy one because you're upsetting me. Junction 10. It was a 10 shirt. Keno. Robert Keane, yeah. Yeah, Robert Keane, correct. Another easy one, number Junction 25. Aaron Lennon. Correct. Oh, he's fucking flying now. Okay, oh, that was those two were easy. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's, let's up the game. Junction 3. Lee Young-Pierre. Kelly. Stephen Kelly, that's correct. Fucking Jim. <sighs> if, if anyone was actually keeping score, it'd probably be Jim. Yeah, this is not going well. It's not going well for you, anyway. I thought okay. we were working together, anyway. I don't do numbers. Yeah, that's true. But you're not even working together well. I mean, <laughs> Junction 14, come on. 14? Yeah. Modric. No, he's later, isn't he? 5-6. Yeah, I know. I know. Shut up. I'm just showing your age. Just let me think. Where did he play? Nowhere. We didn't have a number 14, no. Trick question. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's move us on to better things. Junction 28. Who would wear the 28 shirt in 05-6? Oh, was that Genus before he went to 8? Yeah, it was. It's correct. JJ. Well done. I, speaking of Genus, I watched Match of the Day X the other day with my grandpa. Wow. And he's just the two wrong generations that should be watching right. that. So <laughs> I was watching it thinking, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and he was watching it thinking, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I got it. Right. I was like, this isn't quite my demo. Like, it's not aimed at my demographic, but fine. OK, it's aimed at 19 year olds that don't know very much about football. But <laughs> cool. He didn't say anything. He sat through it for half an hour and then just at the end of it just looked like he'd aged got up and went okay i think i'm going to bed now <laughs> <laughs> i could not sit through 30 minutes of jermaine genus it was some it was a mancunian rapper whose name i've forgotten um and the lad off the lad of love island um, what? not where's the other one no Josh, Josh. denzel denzel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> We also completely different names. Not <laughs> 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 even similar. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got one more. Junction 9. Big name from the 056 era. The number of the infamous number 9 shirt. Now, is it Raziak? It is. Oh, I pulled that one out. <laughs> that was that was good. I was thinking most, un, 
most of number lines are letdowns. So I was thinking of our strikers that have been letdowns over the years. Do you, yeah. uh, do, you do you want a nice piece of trivia to finish on? Let's go for it. So the FA Cup fourth qualifying round draw was today, uh, which is the round before round one, oddly enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the round at which National League clubs go in it. Uh, so... Uh, so we got our draw today. We've been drawn at home to a team called Stamford AFC, as in Stamford Bridge, someplace in Lincolnshire. They're uh, an eighth tier club and their nickname is the Daniels. And they're called the Daniels because a guy called Daniel Lambert was from Stamford, Britain's heaviest man. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a painting painting of this geezer from like 1850 and he's absolutely huge so what a legacy that is <laughs> i like it i like it a lot mm. yeah heavy just like our content <laughs> and i think i think on that note we're gonna have to leave it there thanks for listening we'll see if we can make it through the international break